Welcome to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and Dee. I'm Maz Mary, And I'm Dana DelVal. Whether you're a person on an addiction sobriety path, or you know someone who is, we're here to talk about our journey with it. And more importantly, we want to help end the stigma and shame of alcoholism. And we want to bring some hope and laughter along the way too. Thanks for tuning in. Thursday, which means it's Guest Thursday again. You survived your birthday, Dr. Mary. I did. Survived and thrived, I would say. It was fantastic. Yeah, lots of people wrote to wish you happy birthday. So that was very, very nice. And we did do all of your favorite things. We did. Do you know what Dr. Mary loves to do? He loves to go to furniture stores. I do. <laughs> and look at rugs too, so. Yeah, it was a big day. We went to home and spent about an hour. And then, of course, we went to, when you're there, your family, the Olive Garden, because what says happy birthday <laughs> well, more than the Olive Garden? And then, of course, we saw a fantastic movie last night. And we watched Two it. nights ago. Oh, yeah, last, last night, night we watched Belfast. We watched Belfast. Which night before, we watched good. When Worlds Collide. And then we ended the evening with a Nicole's Cheesecake. So it was a pretty good birthday. It's fantastic. <laughs> Calorific at the, at the, at the, yes. uh, at the, the rear end. Yeah. So there you go. It's all right. So... Uh, oh, plus we have to say a shout out to Brandy yesterday morning in spin class. I sent her some oh, songs bless her. Yes. and she played uh, baggy trousers from Madness. Madness and Laid from James, which was super fun. It, it did confuse the Gen Zers in the group who didn't have probably the first two tone scar song they've ever heard in their lives. Yeah, it was quite an introduction to the other women in the class, but it was a great way to start your birthday. So thanks to all of you who wrote in to wish Maz a happy birthday Thank as well. You. It was fun. So last week we had Kevin Stenstrom on and Kevin's story was so fabulous. Yeah, it was. I don't know. Yeah. It was just, it was really honest in beautiful ways. And all of our guests are beautiful. We're not ranking them. We're not prioritizing them. But Kevin really struck a chord yes, he certainly with did. a lot of people. So we're really thrilled that his wife, Kayla, is joining him, joining us today live to have this conversation. Because as I said in the notes, um, alcoholism and addiction is a family disease. You might not all suffer with it, but you all suffer because of it. So let's bring Kayla on and um, get hers, her take on this side of it. Hi, Kayla. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to see you. You too. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we're assuming you watched Kevin's conversation last week. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have Did you have thoughts on it as you were listening to it? Um. I don't know. I've just, I, I, if he was calm and straightforward and I, I mean, I wasn't surprised by that. That's, that's yeah. what he is, but um, yeah, it was, it was fun to hear him talk about his experience with other people. Cause I don't always know if like our conversations are how he would present it to the world. So um, yeah, it was, it was good to watch. Good. Well, we sure enjoyed it. And we really appreciate that you reached out and said, hey, Kevin and I would be on your show. So that was great. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, um, Kayla, let's just let's just jump in and talk about it from your side of the story. How long have you and Kevin been married? 11 years. And so did you know when you got married that you were marrying someone 
who came from this long history of addiction? Yeah, I, I mean, I knew his family history, yep. So um, his parents had been, I mean, in recovery since before he was born um, and uncles and grandparents. So for sure, um, I don't, I don't think I knew when we got married that it would be an issue for Kevin. Cause I think when we got married, we were still, we were still drinking with our friends. So we didn't like, I didn't think anything of it. Um, until, yeah, honestly, until he told me, which I can explain more about, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so go, go ahead and do that, Kayla, because I think, um, one thing that was very, very different from your, from our experience is that Mass didn't exactly elect to quit drinking. No. I mean, sort of, sort of, but not, not the same way Kevin did. So let's talk about sort of that lead up to that night mm -hmm. Kevin was home with your daughter, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's kind of interesting because the night that Kevin considers like a turning point is not really like the points that I necessarily like remember as being like critical points of the journey. So mm -hmm. I, one thing I was surprised about with his talk um, is that I, he made it very clear that he, you know, hasn't been completely sober for eight years, but he didn't really talk about, um, one, like his, his most major relapse. And I know that he's okay with me sharing a check. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> um, but, but as the partner, um, that relapse was more pivotal for me than the first time that he quit drinking. And I think the reason for that is because the first time we had been married for about two years or so, um, and I I didn't really I didn't really notice much because, um, like we we drink drink occasionally with friends, and I'm not much of a drinker, so you know I'd have a drink or two, and um, thought that he was kind of at that point too because he was really good at like mm -hmm. you can't you couldn't really tell, um, and so he would be having a lot more than me. Um, and I would ask how much he had and he would lie. Um, and then he was fine during the next day. And that was that. Um, and just little things like, I mean, big things, but listening little at the time. So I'd keep what I thought was like one bottle of an alcohol in the freezer. So like a bottle of whiskey or a bottle of rum. And I thought it was the same bottle for months because I can leave something in the freezer for months and like never like, yeah. I just forget about it um but he would drink it and replace it and I and I didn't know um so and I think I probably started to notice things like you know have you heard are you, is that your fourth beer or your second beer you know um but there were some some moments for me that were more pivotal like we um one of Kevin's best friends got married and at the wedding um, Kevin got pretty out of control um, and said some hurtful things. And, and our, that's when our friends began to notice it. Um, but the really scary part was that he didn't remember any of it the next morning. Like, like our friends and I had to say, this is what you did last night. And he was like super apologetic and embarrassed and had no idea. Um, and then I just started to notice that he wasn't like, super fun, silly drunk Kevin. He would just, he was just kind of angry, defensive, drunk. Um, 
but he that first time he came to me he just one day said hey i'm pretty sure i'm an alcoholic and and i said okay let's let's tackle that um and to be fair i think at that point in time early in our marriage i had some major growing up to do i had some issues of my own that were strain on our marriage and so we just kind of decided like you need to work on things i need to work on things let's confront them together as one big yucky messy pile and grow together and i know it sounds like sweet and idolized now but it was honestly just blunt and practical like like you you work on this i work on this and here we go um so that that's how it was for for a few years um and cut me off anytime if i'm just no this is so interesting (laughs) your story keep going we will if we need to we don't need to only stop begin to feel uncomfortable for for yeah yeah um so let's see probably um six years ago um i kevin was home um from work for a day fixing his vehicle and he had dropped me off at work um because he needed our second vehicle to pick up some supplies and so it was towards the end of the workday, and i got a call um from amy who was our dear friend who coordinated children and family ministry programs at our church we'd known her for years um through camp where we met and she called me and i was at work and she said kayla um i'm here with kevin he is drunk and you should come um and i i it was like totally from my perspective out of the blue like i didn't expect it at all so i started crying and then my coworker monica came in to the office took one look at my face and said you know what do you need and she she drove me he so kevin is actually at church and so i she brought me to church and dropped me off and we sat with amy who kind of mediated and talked and and kevin was was pretty drunk and I and it was kind of interesting because he and he, talking with him about it now, he said, I asked, you know, why did you go to Amy? Because you thought if you went to a friend, they would tell me and then I would find out and you wouldn't have to tell me yourself. You mm-hmm. know, like the conclusion would happen, but in an easier way. Um, and he's he says that he doesn't really even think of that. Like his he just knew it had to stop and and amy was the one that he trusted to go to so um so yeah so we're at church he's drunk i'm confused and angry and scared and um i think that the reason i remember that moment more because that was you know kind of just one step along kevin's journey but the reason that it was more impactful for me is because that at that point in our lives there were more it was more disruptive like we were immersed in our careers our daughter was four and we were active. We were actually had already actively made the choice to have a second child. Mm-hmm. So from, from my perspective, it was like, how can you be ready to bring another person into this world when you, when you have this going on? And so, I mean, he had been drinking for around a month or so um, and been hiding it. And, and that night was interesting because Kevin, um, when we we asked him, you know, what you know, what's the next step here? He he basically begged to go to Prairie St. John's, 
Um, and I was surprised he didn't bring that up in his last talk too. And, and I'll explain why, but, um, so that night, so we, we did, we drove, um, I took him to Prairie St. John's, um, which, which Dr. Mary, I believe you went there as well. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we had kind of a different experience. So, um, when I brought him there, it was, it was in the late evening and they did an intake, um, and they assigned him to an outpatient program. And Kevin was pretty upset because he wanted inpatient. Like he wanted to stay to fix it. He was like, commit me until I'm done. <laughs> like, um, and they kept me um, present during the intake, which we like looking back, wonder if it would have been different if I hadn't been in the room because I don't think he was able to be as frank with his answers um with me like sitting right next to him right there yeah yeah um so that's what he did so he did an outpatient program I, I don't remember it was maybe six weeks or something every day um like the end of the like after work um and it, he learned about his triggers you know and some some skills but I think it was a lot like AA where um he didn't get a whole lot of out of it because he was treated like he wasn't bad enough um, like just, you know, he's with all these people who are like, have lost their jobs or lost their homes. Some of them are there on like prison release. And it's, um, he was kind of like, he was like the good one. And, and so he didn't get a whole lot of support. Um, but I, I mean, for the most part has been sober since. And, and I say most part because there's only one other night that I know of that he's drank. Um, and I asked him to his face and he lied twice. And then the third time I was like, here's your moment. Like, I know. <laughs> and then he said, yes, yes, I've been drinking. And then, and that night in particular, we just called our friends to come get the kids and we talked it out. Um, and I, and it doesn't really, I don't really need to know if there have been other times because honestly it doesn't, it doesn't really matter um, because I think it's like how Kevin has stated it. Like he, our goals are like, he was sober yesterday and today and will be tomorrow. And I, and I don't need to know if once like three years ago he had a drink and didn't tell me cause it doesn't, it doesn't change how we approach the situation. Um, wow. That is really, yeah. really interesting. Does does that feel comfortable for you? Oh, that's a good question. Or does it set off alarm signals right back in the base of your brain um, that you have trouble with? I think I don't. Trust is kind of an interesting thing. Like I think I thought a lot about trust before this conversation, and I think um, I wasn't upset the the first time because he came to me. And then I think, um, you know, I felt a little bit betrayed about the secrets, but it, it was like, it is what it is. And, and you've been very self-aware. Let's work through this. Um, with the relapse, it, it was harder. Be and, I, and I sat with that with anger and, and fear and, and then just numbness for, mm -hmm. for a few days. Like, I think I it was a good 48 hours where I just I didn't want to be around him or talk to him. Um, but that passed really quickly because um because I think that the, the either the lies or the personality characteristics when your partner is drunk or or manipulation, it's not even that person. Like I, mm. to me, it's like 
compartmentalized. Like there can be this person who wants to have another child with you at the same time that he's drinking. And those are like two separate parts of that person. Like I, like I can, I can want to be a father and I can be an alcoholic and those can coincide. Um, and I just quickly realized that it's not about me. And I know that sounds like grand and selfless, but it, it's, it's just, I don't mean it in that way. I just mean it, it. Alcoholism just really has very little to do with the partner. Um, it affects the partner, but it doesn't, um, for me, I found that being worried about it or being angry about it didn't progress. It didn't help. Like it, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying. I I've never heard anybody articulate this yeah. quite like this. Well, thank Kayla. you. It's, I, I was just I didn't mean to put you on a spot there. No, but I, that's it, fine. That's does this work for you? The, the yeah. Thing that came it, out of that. It's it's super interesting that. Oh, you, you've kind of it kind of turned me on my head a little bit in a good way, um, because I also. I also like, I don't wake up and think, oh my gosh, well, Maz drink today. I never think about it, despite the fact that we talk about it publicly twice a week and then all the other times. <laughs> I don't per like, we didn't go out to eat last night for his birthday. And I thought, oh my gosh, I hope he has a non alcoholic beer. I don't think about it. I, I just, I have 100% trust that he's not drinking. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I don't know how I would respond if you came to me, let's say Sunday afternoon, I have to go do a thing this upcoming Sunday. If I came home and you said to me at bedtime, I need you to know, I walked across the street to Bernie's and I bought a six pack and drank it. I don't know what my response would be because today that is as inconceivable to me as if he were to say to me, I want you to know that I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro this morning. Sure. What are you talking about? No, yeah. Um, so I, it's, <clears throat> I, I never think about it because a, I have complete faith that you won't drink and B I understand that maybe that's misplaced, but until it's proven misplaced, I have no choice but to trust it. Yeah. And I think you can't, you can't really survive unless you have that, that perspective. But I, and I think there's an important distinction to make, which is that, um, first of all, I didn't do a ton of research about alcoholism or join Al-Anon, which I'm, I'm sure would have been helpful. It probably still would be helpful for me to join groups like that. But I, I guess I understood what Kevin was thinking and how his addiction played out in his mind and his, in his behavior, because he told me, like, he didn't say, you don't understand. And then shut down. Like he verbally walked me through no. what was going on in his head. So I learned a lot from him verbal processing that. And then, you know, there's been little tidbits along the way too. I, I'm sure, I don't know if you've read Brene Brown, Dana, but uh -huh. She describes guilt and shame as different. Like guilt is I've done something bad and shame is I am bad and yep. shame is what addiction has. So, so as a partner, you're thinking, don't they feel guilty for like lying to me or keeping these secrets, but it's not necessarily guilt. It's, it's shame and shame can do 
crazy things. Like it can make a person do anything to avoid being found out, right? Do anything to avoid facing the truth. And, and shame is about that person, right? So here I am, you should feel guilty about me, but it's not even really about me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm astonished at how um, sort of self-actualized you are, <laughs> Kayla. You may not be as young as you look. You look like you're about, I'll be generous, 22. So I know you're not that young. <laughs> but but you're young. You're young to, to be in this in this place um but i mean it, it does come down to the fact and and i i'm not speaking for you i'm going to ask you this question mm -hmm. do you think the fact that you have to trust your person um <laughs> kevin Kev, i know kevin is i'm just trying to <laughs> okay, 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 sorry. <laughs> you know you're in your significant other to the point where they say all right i today i didn't drink tomorrow i hope i don't drink yesterday I, the day before that i didn't drink and you build up a trust. Do you think that it did it hurt more when even when Kevin admitted it to you? Because you had to trust him to get through your day, that it hurt more. I think it would hurt it's way betrayal. I think it would hurt way more to find out again. Like we have had if we've had some frank conversations about that major relapse where it's like if if I have to find out like that again, I don't know if we'll survive. Like, but if you come to me tomorrow and say, I've been drinking the last two weeks, then I'm going to say, okay, let's, let's deal with this. And there, I mean, that is, that will still be a big difference. Like yeah. if, if I continue, we continue to have these, these periods where he lied and I found out and he lied and I found out like that a marriage can't survive over time yeah. with that. But I do think a marriage can survive with, Hey, I messed up today. Let's work on it. Like those are two very different, I think. So, okay. so I think yeah. it's, yeah. and it's not that I don't, I would say I don't think about it on a daily basis. The only times I, I worry is like, you know, Kevin mentioned his, like his triggers are like being alone in the car. Yeah. So like if he leaves to, if he's off doing something, and he's gone longer than I expected. There is that little trigger that's like, oh, he's been gone for an hour or two longer than I thought. And he left in his car. Maybe he's sitting in a parking lot having a beer. And it's not like I never, ever think that. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty, it's only really when it's like related to a trigger that I know is a real thing. And it's pretty rare and far between. Yeah. Wow. So um, one of the things that was super important for me in terms of us was figuring out that I had stuff to work on too. Yes. And so I really love that idea of when it first happened, you both said, all right, you got stuff, I got stuff, mm -hmm. take a stuff pile and figure it out. Because I do think that it's, there's, there's a little part of a, a lot of us, I think, that sort of likes to, to be the, the good one and mm -hmm. they're the bad one or they're the broken one or the one who made all the mistakes. And while I can certainly say that the drinking was the crux of 95% of our problems, mm -hmm. 
I also brought problems to the table, which exacerbated the drinking. Right. And so that that is really smart of you, I think, to just be able to say, yeah, I, I, I don't drink my problem, but I got problems. Yes. Because that's true for all of us. Yeah. And I think like Go developing, ahead. I think we all also have some serious like communication things to learn as we go. So like, <laughs> like I learned quickly on that if I like asked how many drinks he had had or demanded or pleaded or threatened, none of that worked. Like it just made him more defensive. Yeah. Um, and so I, I honestly don't know what the answer is if he hadn't met me halfway, like seeking connection, because if he wouldn't have worked together with me, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. And that that's hard for me a little bit because there are going to, there are listeners probably to this conversation that maybe don't have a partner that meets halfway. And I, and I don't know what the answer to that is. Um, but for Kevin and I, we learned that you have to like, honestly, you have to say the really shitty things. <laughs> like, like you have to, you have to say things to each other that hurt to say and hurt to hear. And like, and we're still learning that, but that, you know, that it's the, it's that communication aspect that you're talking about where, yeah. where you, you both dive in. Yeah, your point about a partner meeting you halfway. So um, I think I said this last week, but I went to a couple of Al-Anon meetings years into Maz's sobriety. Um, so I went in September of 2020. He got sober in February of, 20, of 2017. Um, and that was, that was the deal breaker for me with Al-Anon is that I, there were some fabulous people on that call, but I felt like I couldn't relate to them because it felt to me like their partners weren't meeting them even a 10th of the way. And I don't want to be judgy because A, I, I didn't spend enough time with them to truly know their stories. And mm -hmm. just because it didn't look like enough to me doesn't mean it wasn't enough for them. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I just was saddened to listen to them talk about the relationship they had with their partners because I thought, for me, the drinking would not have been the problem. The problem in those relationships would have been that person's not with you. That person's not yeah. communicating with you or supporting you. Yep. They drink all they want. They're not there. And yeah. so I think that's a really, really valuable point. I want to put this um, comment up, Kayla, just because I want to be sure that you see it because uh, it's absolutely, absolutely true. Mm. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> you are um you're a very surprising human being <laughs> you have a level of generosity i've not really encountered with many people well and this is all like i want everyone to keep in mind that this is like years of growth right yeah. and i think part of it is probably some of it is our background too we both um so we met at a camp where you can't survive without effective communication. <laughs> so, um, we both come. So I, I was a youth director for some time, and so we we have we have a, a church faith component to our relationship too. And I don't, I don't mean to say that like faith got us through or something profound, but I but I do I do mean that effective relationships got us through. So 
supportive parents, supportive friends, people like people who who modeled a communication for us so that by the time we got married and this came about, and of course we never expected this to happen, but by the time it came about, we it, we kind of knew that we either were going to talk about it or we were going to get divorced. Yeah. 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 Wow. Hmm. Anything else from you, Dr. I, I had to go to rehab to learn how to reassess my own self and, and grow. And you seem to have this marvelous knack of just knowing how to do that. So I'm actually really <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea. I don't know. It was for me, it was, you know, it was the shame too. I, you know, yeah. I, I mean, deep down, I knew there was something wrong with me, but it was still shameful to admit. So I had to get over my own self to actually even look at the first hurdle. No, how do we get over this? You know, I had no idea. But uh, you, you seem to have a strength of character that you just know what to do and how to do it and when you need to do it. Well, and may thank you. Um, but I mean, honestly, maybe even some of it is just fascination with how the mind works right so like like I think it's super interesting what shame can do or I think it's really interesting how the brain compartmentalizes when you're an addict like like fight and flight takes over and nothing else matters or so maybe some of it too is just both Kevin and I being interested in the process that happens to the brain and like educating ourselves mm -hmm kind of nerding out on that a little bit. <laughs> well, it's worked. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking, as I so often think, the, the noun we're using is alcohol, but it could be anything. Uh, the, the breakdown of communication is what destroys probably 95% of relationships, parent-child, yeah. colleagues, marriages, it, it doesn't matter. It's our inability or our unwillingness to honestly come to the communication table and say, here's what I'm thinking, and then shut up and listen. Yep. You know, that, that makes so many of our problems become insurmountable. So yeah. this conversation has been just incredibly illuminating yes, it has, in terms of just thinking about, yeah, this is the thing that's, that's at our house. This is how we're working through it. End of story. Yeah. Wow. I think it's, it's been, I'm, I'm glad that we went through a good chunk of this when our daughter Callie was still young because she is now um, battling some pretty intense depression and anxiety issues. And coming from a family with a history of addiction, we're like, all right, we gotta, we gotta pack this girl with so many skills for you know, we gotta equip her now so that when she's a teenager and adult, she's ready. But um, I think it's helped us be really frank and communicative with her and to teach her to talk through yeah. things. Um so I'm I'm just really thankful that a lot of this happened before our kids were significantly older. Yeah. So that we had time to prepare and to, and to improve our own communication. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I I think 
we could go on and on about how incredible this conversation is, but I think that's been conveyed to our audience. And I think that our watching audience and everybody who watches this later will leave with the same, the same level of just, wow, you've given us so much to think yeah. about, Kayla. You're, I, I just, we really appreciate you joining us and reaching out in the first place. This has been a just really powerful two-part conversation. I've learned has. a ton. Yeah, I have too. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, we have too. I mean, we haven't, this is probably the first time we've pretty like, we've talked, I mean, our friends, friends know and, yeah. but we haven't like probably this openly talked about it. And, and so when I heard that you guys were doing a podcast, it grabbed my attention because, because I'm sick of people not talking about it. Honestly, yeah. I'm I'm just I'm so over the picture perfect family and and I do that too on Facebook or wherever yeah. like all these beautiful pictures of our family but but I I I get sick of it like like I want to I want to say look at the crap we're going through are you going through this crap great I'm so glad we're not alone you know absolutely yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely and that's really why we did it because I felt <laughs> like wow our our um our highlight reel is pretty extraordinary. Yeah. But look what we what we went through that nobody knows about to get to the highlight reel. Yeah. And you can have a highlight reel that still has junk interspersed yeah. on the highlight reel. And yeah. that's just being human. Mm -hmm. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. The highlight reel only matters if you know that there's a, a B-side or this cutting room floor stuff. And that's just reality. And reality is where I want to live. Exactly. Me yeah. Too. All right. Yeah. Ronnie has one more comment for you. Yeah, I would agree. I think you can yeah. feel very comfortable saying in our particular case, faith has played a role in that. I, I don't think that um, it doesn't necessarily apply to every person in every couple yeah. but if it applies to you it applies to you and i think it's very clear that it applies to you yeah i mean i don't i it's no accident that when kevin relapsed church is where he ran that's um, amazing but we also don't believe that you can pray away your difficulties like i don't think if i just have enough faith yep they'll go away like yeah. i think god equips us and gives us the people in our lives but 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 prayers to get our mind in check and then and then you got to do the work yeah 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 I, I will say you must go to a really incredible church that he felt like that was the place to go because i think a lot of churches not all churches but a lot of churches are fairly judgy of things like yeah, this for sure yeah that's where he went says a lot about the people and the mission of that building mm-hmm well, Kayla, we Thank will you. let you go. Thank you Fantastic so much for joining you. us. Thank you wow. Well, I'm going to be thinking about this for many, many days. So we have will. an excellent day. Have Everybody day. else, oh, we'll Tuesday. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and DD. If you enjoyed the content and want to learn more, head over to Facebook to Daily Dose Dr. Mary DD. You can find us on YouTube under Dana DelVal. And if you want to get signed up for our weekly newsletter, email me at D-A-Y-N-A -A at 
D-A-Y-N-A-D-E-L-V-A-L.com. Have a great day. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.